You're listening to the podcast of River of Life Christian Fellowship in Durant, Oklahoma. Visit us online at rolcf.org. Thank you, Father. Father, we just give you praise. We give you glory. We acknowledge you in this place, Holy Ghost. We acknowledge you in us. That you're in us. You're in this place. We acknowledge your purpose on this planet. Your purpose within the kingdom. Holy Ghost, you're the great teacher. Bring your revelation. Open the eyes of our understanding. We know so much. We understand so little. Oh God, we don't want religion. We want an active, breathing relationship with you. We don't want this to be a place of of religion, but a place of kingdom. A place where we walk and breathe in your kingdom. We get inspired about your kingdom. Your kingdom gets magnified in this place. Oh, Father God, establish us as an embassy. An embassy for your kingdom. A north gate. The north gate of your embassy. We want to do what we see you do. We want to say what we hear you say. We want to speak what you've already spoken. I don't know how to explain what I'm feeling. Uh, 
it's not a heaviness. It's a. I was trying to think how do I, but it's just just a thickness. You know, there's a difference between a heaviness and a thickness. Is it the weight of the glory? Just, just, just. Uh, I, I guess it, yeah, it could just be me. I don't know. I, I just. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I think we just need to get ready, church. I, I, I'm, in, I, I'm anticipating. Uh, I really believe that we are on the the God's God's going to do something, church. I really believe it. Uh, and um, I don't want to. Please, just don't sit back and wait for it to to manifest. Don't don't be a don't be a uh, uh, a spectator. This is this is the Wednesday night group. You know what I'm saying? This is the Wednesday night group that's praying for the church. This is the Wednesday night group that I've asked to pray for the upcoming meetings that we're having scheduled. This is the Wednesday night group that that when when something happens in the church, it's going to go back to the people praying. And uh, I, don't be a spectator. Don't be a spectator. Uh, we need to take this stuff serious. Or we're just playing church. Okay? Uh, Wednesday night, this is a special time. I mean, it, the, our, I wished our Sunday mornings was like our Wednesday night. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's just, this, is, this, is the, this is the real, this is where I think we, I don't know, I like Wednesday nights. I mean, this is, we break out the board and we put it up and we talk about stuff. And, uh, but don't be a spectator. I really, I, I'm really feeling not a heaviness in the spirit. I'm really sensing a thickness. Is the way I, I I was even asking the Holy Spirit, how am I supposed to communicate what I'm feeling and what I'm sensing? And all I, all I know is that it's a it's just a thickness. It's a it's just like it's it's a it's a sometime you know in the past it's just been a I knew the Holy Spirit was here. We acknowledge the Holy Ghost. We get into it. Now it's like ooh, I mean I can scoop it up. I mean I, I mean I can feel it. I mean it's like. Uh, so I just want to encourage you to begin to acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Acknowledge the kingdom of heaven on this earth. Uh, th- this evening we're going to talk about basically having a clear mental picture. And um, we've been talking about heart physics on Wednesday night. Uh, turn with me to the book of Philemon. It's right before the book of Hebrews. There's only one chapter. One of the things, if you understand what we've talked about in the past and from the very first message I think that we shared here, uh, one of the first messages, I think it was the second message we shared here at the church, uh, was a message called Before in the Beginning. It's where we used the tree as, uh, we brought the tree down off the platform, we marked it as, that's, that's the creation, that's in the beginning God created. And we used that as a reference point to where God created the foundations of the world and that before that he had already done a lot of things before that he had already slain so Jesus was crucified at Calvary but he was slain before the foundations of the world and what we need to understand is that in you is everything that you have need of right now so many of us die in our life still trying to 
get what we think we need to accomplish what we haven't accomplished. But in us, the Bible says that we are complete in Christ Jesus. Now, do you believe the Bible? Then if you're complete in Christ Jesus, that means you have what you need to accomplish what you need to accomplish today. Most of us are so focused on tomorrow, we're not getting done today what we need to get done. But we have in us everything that we have need of right now. Uh, the Holy Spirit is our great teacher. You have the mind of Christ is what the scripture says. Now, if you have the mind of Christ, you've got a pretty good mind. Now, isn't that, that's not talking about your soulish mind, the one that needs to be, be the one that needs to repent or to be renewed. This is talking about your spiritual mind. See, where, where, where's healing at? Healing is in Christ, in, in the Spirit. Everything that pertains to life and godliness has already been given to us in heavenly places in Christ. Where's those heavenly places? Look at the board. It's in the Spirit. It's in us. You understand that? It's in you. Everything that we have need of. But how come we don't live that way? How come we don't experience it? How come it's not reality in our life? See, what is reality in your life is what you have acknowledged in your life. It's that simple. You, we live what we see. You believe what you see. Not necessarily in the natural, but how many people still see your mother, your father? You still see that, and that's been the, that's been the dominant picture of you being a parent, even if it's a negative picture. People that will say, I don't want to be like my daddy. I don't want to beat my kids like my daddy beat us. And as long as they see that picture, as long as they have a clear mental picture of their daddy beating them, and that's the dominant picture in their mind, they're going to beat their kids. They're going to grow up to be just like their daddy. Because you get what you behold. That's the word, behold. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open, you'll get it. If you behold it, God wants us to behold that he's standing there knocking at our hearts. Trying, that's not talking to unbelievers, that's talking to Christians. It's talking to people in the church. It's saying, open up the heart of your door, behold me. And I tell you what, this is some of the most incredible scripture. I mean, if you can get this in your mind, I tell you what, uh, I'm not going to put Frank on the spot, uh, but I'm assuming that, you know, you know, Frank's had a lot of teaching and a lot of education and knowledge and manage, management skills and working with people. I tell you what, you can't ever get a manager to be a good manager unless he sees himself as a good manager, unless he has a picture of idea of what a good manager is supposed to be like. You've got to have an idea. You have to have a finished product. You have to set out. You don't just set out, do this, do this, do this, do this. No, you said, 
Here's what you want to become. This is what you want to accomplish. And to get there, you've got to do this, do this, do this. But you've got to give the picture. You've got to have the end before the... You've got to know the finished product before you even start. Just like Jesus was slain before, God doesn't do anything on earth that He hasn't already accomplished in heaven. That is the principle that we need to understand. That's why faith says this. Faith speaks those things that are not as though they are. So, if you understand that scripture, what it's saying is you've got to know what it's supposed to be. You have to know the way it's supposed to be before you can speak to the way it's not. In other words, okay, this is the life I'm supposed to live. This is the reality. This is the reality of God that I want in my life here. So I see that, I believe that, and I speak it. And I'm going to have it. Now, let's just see how this scripture works. This is so cool. Turn with me to Philippians. Excuse me, Philemon. Philemon chapter 1, verse. Uh, we're going to start with verse 4. I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith, which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints. Verse 6. That the sharing of your faith. See, faith has to be shared. You can't have faith by yourself. Faith was meant for you to share it. Everybody hear that? So if you believe something, you need to share it. You need to participate with others. Matter of fact, that word sharing is the word koinonia. Does everybody, has everybody heard the word koinonia before? Sure. It, it's, the, it's the word that describes the fellowship between us and God and God in us. It's koinonia. And we're supposed to be... It's a sharing. It's we participate... We take a hold of what God has, and, and that is koinonia. We're sharing, okay? Now, let's, t- let's go ahead and read this. That the sharing of your faith may, may become effective. I like that word become because it's a process. There is a stage of growth. There's a stage of life living activity. That the sharing of your faith may become effective. How? How is your faith going to become effective? How is the cornea? How is all that going to become? How can we get it from a mindset or an idea? Uh, I struggle a lot in my life with what I call idealistic uh, ministry. Uh, and what I mean by idealistic ministry is I, I just believe that when the Bible says this, that that's the way it's supposed to be. And, and now you say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, an idealistic is where, where it's just, and that's, but you never do anything about it. You know, your you know, faith without works is dead. You know what I'm saying? Well, I prayed it. There it is. Okay. Well, we've got to work out our faith. You know, so we got to participate with what we believe. We got to put actions to what we say and believe. I, I have a tendency to be a little lazy. <laughs> I just idealistically, okay, there it is. You know, but there is a to be a part of it. now. Now, watch what happens here. This is too cool. It says that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement. What did we talk about last week? 
Acknowledgement. That the only way you have access to something is by acknowledging it. If, if, if I don't acknowledge Ed, why do you think we hug you? Joy and I, we're just, I mean, hug people. You know why? Because you're acknowledging they're here. Shake their hand. Be nice to people. Why do you need, need to be nice to people? <laughs> There's no way you're going to receive from somebody. Okay. I, don't, I can't use that analogy. Uh, there's no way you're going to receive from somebody if you don't acknowledge that they're here. You're not going to receive what someone's got to say. You're not going to receive anything from anybody if you don't acknowledge their presence. And see, a lot of times that just comes... You, you might even say hi. Well, hi. But you really had to acknowledge them because you've got this barrier. up. You've got, you know what I'm saying about acknowledge somebody. Be real. Let your barriers down. So many of us... I remember I counseled a girl for a long period of time, and she still probably has got problems because I counseled her, but <laughs> she had... <laughs> Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Tammy was moving her off, but she didn't say which one. And so I'm going like, oh, no, what did I do now, God? I lost another one. <laughs> then I found out it was a Red Cross. So I'm like, dang it, no. no. <laughs> just, just kidding. So, oops, oops. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to help you move? <laughs> okay. And uh, but she had so many. She had so many. This big gate up, or this big fence, because she was defensive. So that's what putting a fence up. When you put a fence up, you become defensive. And she would not let anybody in. And she was wondering why she wasn't experiencing other people. Duh! I mean, can I... If you got a fence up not letting people in because you're scared about getting hurt and then you stop and complain why people don't seem to like you, they might like you, but you're not even going to receive it if they do. Why? Because you're not even acknowledging they're part of your life. you got this fence up. you got this barrier up. And they can be, you know, you know what, you know, people commit suicide are loved tremendously, but they think they're not. Why? They're not acknowledging other people. All they're acknowledging is themselves. It's the most selfish thing in the world to do is commit suicide. Because literally you can't think of anybody else but yourself and what you don't have. Yes. Right. And I'll tell you what, I've been in first and second Timothy and Titus the last few days. And boy, there's a lot right there. Yeah. Yeah, just just like I would I'm gonna bring this up not to embarrass her, but she's over next door, but it wasn't I think two days went by. Crystal thought y'all were her grandparents. That's what I'm saying. I mean Crystal goes 
I think I have new grandparents. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. It was like you know. But see, you can't have your. I mean, it's all about acknowledging people, letting people in your life and be. Listen, if God be for you, why are you worried about you being rejected or being? I mean, I tell you. Okay, I, I, that's not in my notes. Let's go on. I'm sorry. It says, verse 6, it says, that the sharing of your faith may become effective. How? By the acknowledgement of every good thing. No, I, that's just, I want everybody to repeat after me. By the, By the acknowledgement of every good, every good thing, thing, which is in you. It's already in you. By the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. There's the board. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that lives in me. Now, you can just say that and go on with your life and get the... And keep that clear mental picture of what you've had all your life. Or you can change that clear mental picture and get a clear mental picture of Christ in you and all the good that's in there. And if you see, if you have a clear mental picture of all the good stuff that's in you that's in Christ. Now, what's the good stuff that's in Christ? Prosperity, healing, deliverance, power, peace, love, joy, acceptance, kingdom, sonship, identity, value, dignity. I mean, I, I can do a list this, this long and this wide. I'm sorry. By the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you, in Christ Jesus. I know I've told this story before, I'm going to tell it again. I've got a personal friend of mine. I am not saying anything about smoking cigarettes. But he was a cigarette smoker. All right? And he had a brand new pack of 20 cigarettes in his pocket. And he had the understanding. He just said, hmm. Man, he's the one that began, he, he's, this guy taught, was the first one to start teaching me, other than the Holy Spirit, the first one to begin to teach me on my journey of understanding true grace. That's how far back this goes. He would take out his cigarettes, and he'd light it, take a big old puff, and says, Thank you, Father, that I'm the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. He developed a clear mental picture of who he was in Christ Jesus. He didn't see himself as... He was changing the way he saw... He'd always seen himself as a smoker. And what do people who see themselves as a smoker do? Smoke. Because you see yourself that way. So a man thinks in his mind or heart, so is he... How many people in here are sinners saved by grace? Don't raise your hand. Because the most natural thing for a sinner to do, the easiest thing for a sinner to do is what? Sin. 
See, most of us have a clear mental picture of something, but it's not of every good thing that is in us in Christ Jesus, is it? We're seeing our past. Some of us have a clear mental picture of our past. Everybody has a clear mental picture. You know who doesn't have a clear mental picture? Huh? The person that doesn't have a clear mental picture, the Bible says, cast off restraint. A people, a person without a vision, that word vision means a clear mental picture. It's not something that God, oh, 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 I just, oh, I got overdosed with the vision. No. It's the people that have developed a clear mental picture. We develop that clear mental picture. It doesn't come from God. Now, the picture we need to have comes from His Word. But we develop, we make it clearer. How many people know that you're, you're in Christ Jesus? How many people know we need to get a whole lot clearer picture in that, don't we? See, we develop that through the washing of the water of the Word. The Bible says that the soul is saved by the washing of the water of the Word. The implanted Word is able to save your... Who implants it? You do. You put it in there. We're supposed to renew our mind. All this takes place. All this is a part of developing a clear mental picture. Now, the reason I'm saying clear mental picture is because the word vision means clear mental picture picture. I don't say the word vision a lot because we think it's like, oh, I had a vision. <laughs> you know? No. It's, it's, what it's talking about is a clear mental picture that you have developed. See, this happens whether it's the word or not. Like I said, I, I, I don't know how to... Uh, i got to keep my own life out of this or you'll know everything about me. No. Uh, you... If you examine yourself, if you've seen yourself in business, and you've seen yourself doing certain things in life, and it was a clear mental picture, guess what? You've done it. You've done it. Your life, everything about, everything about your life begin to fall in place to make that happen because of what you beheld because of what you see. Your belief system, if you see yourself... I want to encourage you, and i I, 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 I got to quit looking around. I, I need to speak without... I to speak on radio. If you see the way things are, that's what you're going to get. If you're beholding your life the way they've been, that's the way they're going to be. You've got to see... <coughs> You've got to acknowledge. Remember, acknowledgement taps you in to something. And you're going to receive what you acknowledge. You're giving honor. You're giving value to whatever you honor or acknowledge, even if it's a negative. If you acknowledge, I'll tell you what, if you're living a life where you say, you know, well, I just, I was raised poor, my dad's poor, we never seem to have money. If not have enough money is your clear mental picture. Guess what you're going to have next week? Not enough money. 
You know why? Because what's in you will not be allowed to come out to develop something different. Yeah. If you want something you never had, you've got to do something you've never done. And it's just not about going out and doing it. You've got to establish a clear mental picture. I want people... How many people see coming to church on Sunday, they just see what they've always done. Well, just go to church, go home. Oh, slap yourself, silly. Listen, Wednesday night group, don't come to church on Sunday expecting the same thing that you've always gotten. I want you to get a clear mental picture of people falling out in the aisles, walking through the door, falling over in the Holy Ghost, people getting deliverance as soon as the first word of the Bible is spoken, people getting saved and healed, no one touching them. We've had people saved in worship and no one spoke a word to them except God. Because that was our clear mental picture. We want that. We're, like I said, we're not, I don't want to do church. Yuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yuck. Double yuck. Yeah. You know, it's like we want, we want, you know, you know, the old covenant was all about obedience and sacrifice. Do you really want to know what the new covenant is all about? One word. To live within the kingdom of heaven under the new covenant, passion is your driving force. Seek ye first the kingdom. You can't, seeking is looking with passion. The Bible says that God is looking for those that will worship Him in spirit and in truth. We're not talking about, I mean, you're talking about passionately worshiping passionately sitting at His feet, passionately studying His Word, passionately everything. We need to be a people of passion. I want to get a big old sign that says passion. We're so scared of it. Okay, I'll get off that soapbox. Joey wants to ask a question. Actually, I, I just kept thinking, when you were talking about acknowledging every good thing that's in you, I just keep, I kept, I think we, each one of us, should go home tonight and search out and write down on a paper somewhere, maybe on our mirror, every good thing that is in me so that we can acknowledge it. I think, I think we, in the practice of acknowledging every good thing that is in us, we should personally ask the Lord, okay, I want you to show me in this scripture those good things that are in me. Absolutely. So write them down. Write it down. Make so it I clear. Acknowledge it. Maybe write it on your mirror with your lipstick. See, see listen, listen to what the Bible says. God told Moses to, to set captains and develop leadership amongst his people. But, and we were going to go back to one of those verses, but we won't have to because we're already talking about it. But, but he just, God didn't tell Moses just to go do it. He gave him, he said, I want you to have a clear mental picture and then develop your leaders. See, the, the, Bible, the Bible gives us clear mental pictures of what something's supposed to be. And then we need to go develop it. You know, Christopher, I don't know when it was that we did this, but I, I, we've, we've been teaching on this. Uh, in, in his, knowing the struggles that a young man, I mean, young women go through struggles too, don't get me wrong, but I just knew that Christopher was going to have a, you know, 
my little girls came out with a halos on their head. You know what I'm saying? They, <laughs> Chris, Chris didn't come out with no halo. You know what I'm saying? I said, and they're all home birth, and I was right there, so I didn't see it fall off. It didn't get stuck. He didn't come out with the girls. They were glowing. You know, it's like, oh, really? Christopher came out. It was like, oops, we got to work with this one. You know, and so we, we on his mirror, we still have the mirror at the house. It's up. It's still in his. He's got that little room in the back, you know, with a little tiny shower, you know. And we put the little mirror right there. And on that mirror, we have righteous, justified, holy. I mean, all the things of God that he is on the inside. So every time he looked in the mirror, he could see clearly the glory of the Lord. God's reality. You see what I'm saying? We've got to do things. When the Bible says, write it down, make it clear. What's it say about the making a vision? The Bible says, write it down. Make it. What are you writing down? What, what, what vision are you writing down? What vision? See, even if we don't write, we need to write it down. We need to write down every good thing before you go to bed. We're going to read another scripture. It's talking about going to bed, and we're going to apply it tonight. My Wednesday night group is going to apply the word. Amen? Amen. Tonight. Not tomorrow night. Tonight. When you go to bed, before you go to bed, we're going to apply this word. All right? Let's go on. Let me just read this. That the sharing or the cornonia of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. You need to underline that. There is no more powerful truth that will affect your life then the one verse that says, Christ in you is the hope of glory. Glory is God's reality. It's His view and opinion. So God has a reality that we want to live in and a view and opinion of us. And that is the word glory. And Christ in us is the hope of that reality. That's the start of what God wants us to be on the outside. He planted the... It's just not a seed. He planted, planted a whole nother being, a whole new nature in us. Jesus Christ Himself crucified. Amen? Alright, the first step is to understand Christ in me. The hope of glory. It's just not Christ in me, but it's me in Christ. book of Ephesians says that you're seated in heaven and places in Christ. So it's Christ in you and you in Christ. You, see, there's that cornonia. Not only is, is he sharing with you, but you're sharing with him. There's that intimacy. Book of Ephesians says time and time again, chapters 1, 2, and 3 says, seated in Christ, seated in Christ, seated in Christ, seated in Christ. Seated in Christ. Before it tells you how to walk in Christ, it tells you how to be seated in Christ. Before it tells you how to stand against principalities and powers, it tells you how to be seated in Christ. Totally dependent upon Christ in you and what He's done for you in the heavenly realm. Amen? Turn to the book of Proverbs. I don't know. You getting anything out of this tonight? I am. Proverbs, chapter 29. Proverbs, chapter 29. Verse 18. We just talked about this verse it says where there is no revelation where there is no vision 
I'm going to say it this way. That same word means this. Where there is no clear mental picture, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. Okay, now wait a minute. It's not talking about someone that just does the law. Now this, this is the old covenant talking about the law. It just wasn't about doing the law, but it's keeping the law in your heart. In other words, knowing what the law was there for, for that period of time, if you had a clear mental picture of that and you lived according to that and it was part of your life, it just wasn't a, okay, I'll take out the trash type thing. But if it was part of your life and part of your heart, you would, have been, you would be happy. But people that cast off restraints, excuse me, people that don't have a vision, they have nothing, they cast off restraints. There's nothing, restraints aren't bad. Restraints uh, are neither bad nor good. Restraints can keep you from harm. Restraints can keep you in harm. But a clear mental picture is, it keeps you in restraints. It's like an ice cube maker. You know there's round ice cubes, there's square ice cubes. I know that's deep, I'm sorry. I, that's the first thing that came to my mind, I'm sorry. But I got, you got to work with me, Charles. You got, you got little ice cubes with holes in them. Because see, that was a restraint. When that water was being formed uh, through a process of time and surrounding circumstances, that water became like the restraints. Okay? That form was the restraint. It determined what its shape was going to be like. Now, if you don't have to see, a clear mental picture will develop what you want to be and it'll keep you that way unless you disturb the vision, unless you change it along the way. That's why a double-minded man is what? Why? Because he's changing his clear mental picture. One minute he's this way, he's seeing this, another he's seeing this. He changes his form. He doesn't give himself time to solidify, doesn't give himself time to form into one or the other. Samson had you, trouble. You know, so you know, it's just a matter of, for you to fulfill your purpose and destiny. Uh, we, we do some teaching on destiny and purpose, and Joy brought up the, the story of Samson. Samson, when he was born, he knew he was to be a deliverer. He was birthed. The prophetic word came to his mother, to his family, that he was going to be a deliverer of God's people. And so, as long as he saw himself as a deliverer, guess what? He was a deliverer. <sighs> then he saw himself as a lover. Uh oh. There went that clear mental picture. But guess what? He had such a good picture of himself being a lover, he became one. See, it didn't just happen. It, had, it took time to change form. And he became a lover instead of a deliverer. But guess what? Even with his eyes popped out, he developed a clear mental picture of what God's will was for his life and as he was pushing the grinding stone, pressing out the wheat, blind as a bat, he saw a clear mental picture. Oh God! He cries out. 
May I be the deliverer I was born to be. He got a clear mental picture. We're not talking about this kind of sight. We're talking about the sight on, you know, that thing on the inside that you're looking at all the time. And in his last breath, he did more deliverance, fulfilled more of his destiny in his last breath than his entire life put together. I don't know about you, but that's awesome right there now. That's how powerful a clear mental... You're going to have a clear mental picture. If you don't, you're going to cast off restraint and you're just going to be... Why do you think people... I'm going to say this out loud. Why do you think we have so many people... And I don't want to say just in Durant, but that's where I live. I live in Durant. We had them in Willis. You know, we had them in... Why do you think we have so many people just not accomplishing anything in their life? They're so... They're just, they get money, they, they spend it on stupid stuff. They have no vision, no, they have no clear mental picture. And so guess what? They cast off restraints. They go to work with no vision. They get their paycheck and have no vision, except going down to the river. Do we need to go any further with that one? And that's what they get. Why? Because that's the only vision they have. Or else we'll take whatever picture somebody else gives them. They get what they behold, even if it's a negative. It's having a clear mental picture. You can't have a positive attitude unless you have a clear mental picture. If, when you started speaking, I had a vision of the Dead Sea. And what I really sense the Spirit is saying is that we have a Dead Sea mentality in that there is no flow. Mm. The thing about the Dead Sea, if you've been there, you can just float on it without any effort at all. But it takes some effort in order to have a flow of the Spirit. And I really sense the Lord is saying, hey, we need to get rid of that Dead Sea mentality and we need to begin to have a fresh river mentality and begin to flow so God can accomplish His purpose not only in our lives, but in our lives. We, we bring this up all the time. This is in the book of Proverbs, chapter 4. I'm just going to read it again. Verse 20, my son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my saying. Do not let, your, uh, let them depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? Because you're developing a clear mental picture. That's what's going on here. You're developing a clear mental picture. I'm going to read it again. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of your heart springs the issues of life. Your life, will, your life is determined not by God. Your life is determined by whatever vision you have. Don't blame your life on your neighbor don't blame your life on your parents. Uh, we've said this for years. Joy's going to get a little chuckle. She can tell you later why if she laughs. But, but we've said this for years. It's your parents' fault you are the way you are. 
It's your fault if you stay that way. I don't like using the word fault and all that kind of stuff, but, but it, they're the ones that made us the way we are. But guess what? Now that we know that, I'm in charge now. I can change. I, I don't mean to say this rudely and badly. Please don't misunderstand what I'm fixing to say. Please, 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 please. I got rid of the vision of my father. My father is still alive. He's in the Fort Worth nursing home. He's going to be moved to the bottom here shortly, closer to us. I really don't have an active, breathing, close relationship with my father. I spent years getting that vision out of my mind because I didn't want to be a father like he was. I'm not saying this. He's a he's a nice. He's got a lot of great. He's a godly man. You know. uh, He's a good man. He's a good man. Uh, He wasn't a good father. I wanted to be a different kind of father. So I'm not saying this out of lack of love or awe. I didn't want to be like my father. I didn't have a good relationship with him when I was growing up. I wanted my son. I hated Texas. You don't understand. I hated Texas. Now, y'all, y'all from Oklahoma, so you probably understand why I hate Texas. I'm sorry, I'm speaking the wrong crowd. Y'all was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, <laughs> I, I hated anything to do with the Dallas Cowboys. Because my dad loved them. He loved Texas. I hated it. I was a Minnesota Viking fan. Why? Because he hated them. He, he wanted me to play football, and he forced the issue, and he did all kinds of bad things. I'm not going to go into all the bad things. He'd be in jail now. If he would have done... If I, never mind. Back then, if they'd have the laws that they... Mm-hmm. Just to make me... He was giving me protein in the first and second and third grade. So I could become a superhero football player for the Cowboys. I was being tortured in junior high. Tortured. So I could become this massive beast of a football player. So when I had the opportunity in high school, I joined the swim team. (laughs) I figured you were going to say cheerleader. I sure wanted to join those cheerleaders. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I tell you, the swim team wasn't bad either. Okay. Oh, we didn't go. Sorry. Quit that now. Linda. <laughs> you know, I, I, I spent a, a lot of t- my life not wanting to be like my father. So I had to get rid of I quit thinking about that. If I would have sit there and dwelled on this and that and this, I would have become just like him. But I knew enough about the word and I was taught good word by Billy Joe Doherty. You know, I was taught good word by, you know, for a long time. That's all I thought about was, oh, no. And to this day, if my mother was here, I'd say it. And she's heard me say it in her presence. So this is not, I, 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 I don't hear it as much anymore. But when I teach this, I hear it. I still hear my mama say, you're going to grow up to be just like your daddy. Anybody ever hear that from your, somebody in your family? You're going to grow up to be just like your daddy. Oh, 
if you wanted to say something that put a dagger in my heart. Because when my mama, I knew she was mad at me because she didn't love my daddy. Mm. So I wanted to develop a different image. So I got in the Word. I started seeing the Word. I started focusing on my daddy, Abba Father. You know what I'm saying? And I had a, I had a desire. I, I had a clear mental picture that I didn't want to become that. To this day, my son to wants to be just like his daddy. And I say, son, I don't want you to be just like me. I want you to be just like you. You know? You can't make me believe that you didn't come up with that. <laughs> <laughs> me either. I don't tell him that. I think so. Wait a minute. I was there. You were on the other end. Yeah, he may have one now, but. I had a beaded on it. No, just kidding, just kidding. Oh, no, you did not. <laughs> Come on. Parenting is so hard. No, it's not. <laughs> just kidding. All right. Love. Enough of that. Of but see, that's just the importance of having a clear mental picture. If you don't see your life different, I, I hope you, everyone has a clear mental picture of them walking in the prosperity of God. I'm not saying drooped in jewels. I'm saying... Be having a generous heart. You know what it's like to be generous and not worry about your own stuff? Oh, to be generous. Just to be a blessing in every aspect of life. I mean, that's too cool. Anyway, let's go on. We've got so many scriptures. So your life, I mean, this is not something God does to you. This is something you do. It's called your discipleship. Matter of fact, this is where the church has missed it. The Bible says, go ye into all the world, and what? Make disciples. It doesn't say make converts. The church isn't making disciples. We're making converts. And we're leaving the discipleship out of it. We've got a bunch of people saved and nobody has a clear mental picture of how to live within the kingdom. Frank, when's the last time some... I mean, come on. When's the, who has a clear... Is there a clear mental picture of the kingdom of heaven on this earth in reality taught by the church? No. There's not. We say it, our Father in heaven, how be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. But we don't teach about the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said the first thing you should be passionate about is seeking. Everything else in life is immaterial. Jesus said you needed to have a clear mental picture of the kingdom of heaven on this earth. How can I say that? Because... All of the book of Matthew, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like unto this. All the parables are for a description of the kingdom of heaven. Read the book of Matthew. Every four or five verses, the kingdom of heaven is like unto this. The kingdom of heaven is like unto this. The kingdom of heaven is like unto this. Why do you think Jesus was describing the kingdom of heaven on this earth? Because he wants you to have a clear 
mental picture. How come in the Bible it tells us what elders should be? It gives a whole list of elder requirements. Why? Because we're supposed to have a clear mental picture. The problem is we go out looking for people that have those gifts and qualities and all. No, we're supposed to develop them in people. The church was supposed to raise them up to become that. With a, I tell you what, if we could take our young men in church, why, why do you think the Bible says for, young, for, for, for men to mentor? For, for, for young ladies to get around older ladies so we can raise up. We need to give them a clear mental picture of what... Where's the clear mental picture in the church for our men and women of the future? You see what I'm saying? We need to raise... We're just oh, we're just hoping they pop up. Well, God hadn't made any good leaders in the church. No, no, no. The church is supposed to raise up... <clears throat> Uh, I, I bet you anything, and I, I, I'm sorry, Frank, I'm just going to use you again as an example. Bet you anything, and I, I hadn't talked to him yet, but I bet you anything, Frank didn't run across just a natural manager. They might have had some natural skills, but every one of them need training. Every one of them needed to know, oh, I, I mean, did you have any training for your managers? You didn't. You just, you just threw them out there and said, go sell clothes. Just go run the store. Yeah. But you had to train them. You had to raise them. He had to, Yeah, yeah, he trained them. Yeah. And, and I guarantee you, so you used to work for <coughs> pennies and bells. Did bells retrain you the way they wanted you to be? Or did they just say, I like the way pennies did it? Oh, they did. <laughs> okay, Penny for good store, huh? Everybody liked the way they penny. Oh, that's right. They always had penny's people. Yeah. That was the thing. They let penny's do the training. There you go. Cause see, I, I remember when I was in freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior in high school, I had a vision of me becoming a marine. You know what I'm saying? I had, I mean, it was a, I had a clear mental picture of becoming the best Marine. You understand? I just wasn't going to be a grunt. I was going to be a Marine. You know, there's a difference between a grunt and a Marine. I mean, I was just, I mean, I had a clear, and, and I graduated from high school. I, I, I applied, I won't, I won't go through all that story for the sake of time and everything, but I did. I put an application to ORU. Okay. They said I should not. Anyway, I didn't qualify. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I didn't apply myself in high school because I had such a clear mental picture of being a Marine. <laughs> and but I didn't go in right away. I, you know, I, I just just didn't know if that was really going to happen. So I went. As soon as I here, as soon as I graduated from Minnesota, uh, from from Wichita Falls, Texas, I left Texas. Why? I hated it. And guess where I moved? Minnesota, the land of my mother. The land of my mother. I moved to Minnesota. Now what? Born and raised in the state of Texas, young man would move to the land of the frozen chosen. 
where it gets 45 below zero. I mean, that's got to be an idiot of a kid. But anyway, I moved up to Minnesota. I was a lifeguard at Lake Itasca State Park where the Mississippi River starts. And I was in the park worker. I was having a single time, you know what I'm saying, by single time, you know, like had accent, you know, and that was a little different up. You take the accent, you know, and we won't go there. And uh, But guess what? Because of that clear mental picture, I ended up enlisting in the Marine Corps. Before I did that, see, I met this little girl up there in Minnesota. And she'd already, before she met me, she'd already enlisted in the Navy in what they called a delayed enlistment program. She'd already signed up, but she didn't have to go in right away, and then she met me. Well, let me tell you, well, she knew she had to go into the Navy, but I hadn't signed up yet, so I, we were so much in love. I was trying to change that clear mental picture. You see what I'm saying? And so I went and sat, I literally went, and we thought maybe I could go ahead and get into the Navy, sign up in the Navy, and we could get stationed together and, and just be happy, okay? Well, I went, this is what happened. I went to the recruiter station, to the Navy recruiter station. I had yet even, I had never even been into a Marine Corps one yet. But I'd always want to be a Marine. Why? Because my uncle was a Marine. Anyway, we won't go there. John Wayne was a Marine. Come on. I just, you know what I'm saying? We won't go there. And so, and so I get there, and I'm sitting in a recruiter thing, and I'm, I'm, I can see it right. I'm talking to him about even saying it. Join in the Navy. I literally got sick to my stomach. I wasn't in there over 10 minutes and had to leave because I knew this wasn't going to happen. I couldn't see myself standing there in dress whites with a little cap and a little duffel bag. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You got a Navy boy back here. Okay. Now, so, 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 what did I do? I went and joined the Marine Corps. Because I had a clear mental picture, I'm not saying I was the best, but I did make Marine Corps history in peacetime. I did, was selected for some of the best duty the Marine Corps had throughout the world. Why? Because I had a clear mental picture of becoming a Marine. And I just wasn't going to be just a grunt. Max the PFT test, got all kinds of hoopla written up in magazines and newspapers. You didn't know it's so special, did you? <laughs> Why? Because I had a clear mental picture. And the same thing happens in the realm of the Spirit for being an ambassador to the kingdom of heaven on this earth and applying all the promises of God that are yes and amen in our life that's in Christ. We need to have a clear, just like we said when we talked about the, we did a couple weeks just on meditation. See yourself. See your shadow. I want my shadow. Why? Because I don't want to, because I have a hard time not taking the glory. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, oh, I touched three people and they all got healed. I want my shadow to heal people. That way I can't take any of the glory for it. Peter's shadow healed people. See yourself. I mean, I see in my mind's eye, I see myself speaking to thousands of people. I do. I've seen it for 20 some years. I've got a clear mental picture of, 
And when I preach and teach, it's as if I'm preaching and teaching in front of thousands. I don't care if it's two. I'm going to do it the same way as if it's thousands. You know, it's just, I can see it. I can, I can feel it. And that's one thing's wrong with, about you know, life sometimes because it doesn't, circumstances don't necessarily line up to your clear mental picture as fast as you want them to. Hope deferred makes the what? Heart sick. So you've got to be careful not to get your heart sick and lose that clear mental picture because like it said in that first verse, becoming effective. It's a process. By acknowledgement. We've got to go on. That's just an introduction. We've got to press on here. That's the first page. You become what you behold. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. You need to see Jesus in your mind's eye, standing at your heart, knocking at the door. You need to see. Listen to me. You need to see with your imagination that door coming open and Jesus coming in to your heart. See it. Get a picture. Imagine. Got a question. Can you imagine a salesman knocking at the door of your house right now? Can you see? Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Can you see your house? Can you see your front door? Can you see a salesman standing there with a briefcase knocking on, and some Tupperware knocking at your door? Or Kirby vacuum cleaner? As easy as you can see that, you can see Jesus standing at your heart, knocking at a door on your heart, and you can see your door, your heart opening up and letting Him in. Because He wants to dine with you. There's that cornonia. There's that fellowship. When you go to bed tonight, you can actually envision the image of Christ Jesus in your life and become it. We've got to read this. We've got to... Um, uh, uh, turn to Proverbs 24.32 since we're almost there. We're really close. 24.32. Uh, these are some other words. Uh, Twenty-four thirty-two. The word vision literally means clear mental picture. Uh, we're going to talk about some other words real quickly or phrases that mean the same word in Hebrew as clear mental picture. But uh, I've, I've got written here something that's real important. Is every time you're willing... See, you have to be willing to contemplate, consider, ponder, and meditate. If you're willing to contemplate the things of God, if you're willing to consider them, if you're willing to ponder on them, and if you're willing to meditate on them, then they're going to affect your heart. Okay? Until That's what's going to help you see clearly. Seeing the Word clearly, you have to contemplate, consider, ponder, and meditate. Proverbs 24, 32 says this. It says, When I saw it, now that phrase, I saw it, literally means when I had a clear mental picture. It just wasn't like, oh, I saw a semi-truck going down the road. No. It's when he had a clear mental picture. In other words, he contemplated, he considered, he pondered, and he meditated. When he had developed a clear mental picture, I considered it well. What do you think the word considered it well means? He had thought that baby through. 
He saw it left and right. One of the things about a dyslexic person, I, we can see things from all angles, upside down, backwards, inside and out, without drawing it on paper. Most people see things on a flat, th- you know, just a two-dimensional. We see in 3D. We see in 3D. Dyslexics see things. I mean, I can tell you, I mean, dyslexics have a gift. I believe dyslexia is a gift from God. It's not a curse. I take it as a blessing. I wish my teachers would have known how to teach me, but they didn't. They taught the way that they were taught to teach. We, had to learn, we have to learn different. It says, when I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instructions. Whoa! Wait a minute. He received instructions after he had a clear mental picture. And then he found out what to do. How many people are trying to find out what to do not having a clear mental picture? You won't know what you're going to get. How many people build a house without knowing the blueprints? Charles, quit it. you got renters in here. No. <laughs> I mean, even people that build a doghouse know what a doghouse looks like. To some form. Okay. If you're going to build an outhouse, what would be on the door? A moon! See, see, we know we have a clear mental picture and every outhouse you build is going to have a moon on it. And in it probably. <laughs> yeah, but they always have a moon. That's to let the air out. <laughs> <laughs> my, my farm in Parker's Prairie in Minnesota is a double seater. <laughs> Alright. Where did I get off on it? Anyway, see you've got a clear mental picture. You have the ability to focus on something and see it. But what does it say in, in Philemon? Oh, we're gonna read it. We're gonna read that before we leave. But anyway, let's go. Let's look look at this next. Isaiah. Isaiah thirty three. Bear with me here. Isaiah 33, 20. Look upon Zion, the city of our appointed feast. Your eyes will see Jerusalem. A quiet home. A tabernacle that you'll not be taken, that will not be taken down. That, 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 look upon. That word look, guess what? Get a clear mental picture. And then it tells you what the picture looks like to help you out. It gives you a vision of what Zion is. How many times in the New Testament does it tell us who we are in Christ and all the things that are in the Spirit? In the Spirit this. You're healed where? In the Spirit. Those are clear mental pictures for us to behold. Oh, this is this will change your life forever. Here it is, Psalms. This is the good one. Of course, they're all good in my opinion. Psalms. Se- no, we got to hurry. Psalm seventeen. Remember, we think slow. Psalm seventeen. There you go. There you go. Thank you. That's good teaching right there. Now. This is my fast mode. 
I ain't telling you because Linda's not 17 yet. You're 17? I'm there yet. Okay, 17, 17. 15. 17, 15. Frank, if we go long tonight, it's Linda's fault. <laughs> okay, just I'm going I'm to point my finger at Linda. Since he's going by his notes. <laughs> I am. Where? <coughs> Proverbs. Psalm seventeen fifteen. As for me, I will see. The phrase, I will see, is the same Hebrew word that means to have a clear mental vision. You can read it this way. As for me, I will have a clear mental vision of your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I wake in your So who's going to go to bed tonight? Who's going to sleep tonight? That means when you go to bed, you're supposed to be meditating, contemplating, considering, pondering on the identity of Christ Jesus because it's your identity. Because when you wake, you'll be more like Him than when you went to sleep. If you have a clear mental picture. Is that not powerful? I'm going to read it again. As for me, I will have a clear mental picture of your face in righteousness. Not in, it doesn't say in, how many people are raised with a, a clear mental picture of a wrathful, angry God? See, if you've got a vision of God being mad, You'll become like you behold. You will, if, if, if you see God as being a judgmental God, listen to this. preach a lot of that in Sunday school and in a lot of churches too, that he gets mad. Sure. See, if that's the picture, what do you, why do you think the church is so judgmental? It's because that's what we've been taught. We've been given a, a clear mental picture of a wrathful, judgmental, angry God at America. How come the scripture says, Blessed are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace? Not wrath, not judgment. The world is... Most people think God's up there striking people with lightning bolts. They're scared to go outside because they're afraid God's going to strike them dead for something they did. No, He struck Jesus dead. Because a tornado is, after all, an act of God. Right there. He struck Jesus dead for what we did. And because of that, He loves us now. Peace has been declared in heaven. My job is not... How many pastors tell people what's wrong with them? I don't tell you what's wrong with you. You know why? Because I'm going to miss something. <laughs> it's that simple no I'm perfect my job isn't tell you what's wrong with you my job's not to tell you what's wrong with you you already know my job's to tell you you've already got a clear mental picture of what's wrong with you my job is to tell you what's right with you to uplift, edify, and exhort to change the way you think about yourself. 
to see what that is Christ in you is the hope of glory. It's not the way you are is the hope of glory. It's Christ in you. I mean, I don't know how to make it any clearer. It's up to us, the Wednesday night group. Listen, it's up to the Wednesday night group. I'm going to put the, all the burden on you. You're, not, you're going to wish you never came tonight. All right. <laughs> Poor Bill walking down the highway decided he's going to step in tonight and he's going to know it's all, it's all because of him. He's in this group tonight. And uh, that's Bill back here if you hadn't met him yet. Also, what am I supposed to email? Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, we're, uh, it's rol.rolcf.org. Uh, but listen, it's up to us to change the clear mental picture of this church. This Wednesday night group. It's up to us because other people don't hear. I don't teach this on Sundays. It's up to us to change or to have the proper, clear mental picture of what God's doing and will do in and through this church, in this town. Because there's a lot of people in this town, I know, because I've ran into them, that have a different picture of what this church is than what it is. They have a picture of what it used to be. And I'm not saying bad, good, indifference. I'm just saying it's not the same. And we got to change the view and opinion. And it's up to us to start in our own home. We change the view and opinion of people coming in here on a regular basis, guess what? Then it's going to change elsewhere. It's up to us to change. That's what leadership is supposed to do. That's, our, our, that's my job as a pastor. It's not to shepherd you as sheep and help you through the little door, make sure you get fed. No, it's to raise you up as ambassadors, men and women of God, to the point where your shadow heals people. You know what I'm saying? We're not here. Like I said, I, told, I mean, y'all, it was right here in this building. I said, I'm not, this is not a barn and you're not sheep. You're ambassadors in the kingdom of heaven. Well, I hope so. That's what the word says. Mm-hmm. And we're I do have new people coming Sunday because I'll get you try to pay. No. <laughs> <laughs> you should know me by now. <laughs> let's go back. Let's go back to that uh, Philemon. What is it time to go? Yeah, it is. I see it up there. What time is it? Time to break that. <laughs> Time to go to Philemon. <laughs> Philemon. 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 That sounds pretty good, doesn't it, Charles? <laughs> I can't, Charles and I, our eyebrows just went whoop. <laughs> you like that word, Philemon? <laughs> oh, I, I like it. A little, little, little cooked on the outside. I'm going to read it again since it started with it. Verse 6. What chapter? I was waiting for Linda. (laughs) That the sharing of your, or the cornonia, the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ. Wow. And everybody's going to start their list. Tonight when you go to bed, I want you, before you go to bed, I want you to start writing things down of who you are in Christ and what you are and what you have in Christ. 
peace and joy, happiness. It doesn't mean circumstances are going to line up. It just means that you can be at peace in a negative situation. You can be happy when everybody else is sad. I got a question. I'd like to ask everybody in here. How, when, when you invite somebody to church here, how do y'all explain to them how this is different from just a regular conventional church? Why, you know, I mean, how do you do that? I, I'm trying to learn something here. You are, because you asked that earlier. A couple days ago, I heard you ask that question. To me. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how you asked. I, I, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> He's asking, how do you tell people... <clears throat> See, I don't know the perspective <clears throat> you're coming from. You guys that do. That we are not the... Uh, uh, not conventional. You know, it's not a yeah. deal you go... Not a church you just go to and, and go home to be going and, and to be seen. There's churches here in town, and business people go to be seen. Okay, we want to promote a relationship with yeah. Jesus. But I just say one thing it's a fellowship, that's true, of a congregation of people. It's we an embassy. I would say, so, you know, I, if you're coming up with ideas, I mean, I like that because people see they've heard. They've, they hadn't heard the embassy concept. I love that concept. They don't understand the concept. What? When you say that, they don't understand Perfect. And they said, what do you mean embassy? Yeah. Well, you have to come and find out. I says, doesn't Paul say that we're an ambassador? Well, yeah. Well, ambassadors dwell in embassies. One of the things that we, one of the things that we find our mind, anytime you have effective we train them to always conclude it with something positive. And I think that as we talk to people, we should not try to identify the negatives, but what is good within them and why it would be important for them to develop that. And the river is a good place to come to bring development in the good things in their lives. We have a tendency to really capitalize upon the bad things. And I know... Or overcome the bad things. Well, we want them to overcome it. No, no, but I mean in our conversation, instead of what you're saying is... Okay, th- this is, oh, this is what's going to help you instead of yeah. talking about what's hindered them. That's right. In other words, where you're going right, now, right. don't identify it as a negative thing. Right. But begin to identify them in the positive. Yeah. And we did this in, in, in all of our corrective interviews. I mean, you have to identify, and you really have to seek God to, to begin to show you those things that's within that individual that he wants to develop. And then as you're able to identify that, then you can show them the positive things and why they should be a part of a fellowship that will help them develop those good things that God wants to develop and drop the bad things. Right. And we have found through that it would make borderline people really very positive. Yeah. And they would become our, even our better employees. Yeah. Some of the worst employees we ever had was those that had so much negative in them, but we were able to identify the good, the good things. and bring that forth. Again, I think energy and excitement yeah. helps turn that ship around. That's right. If you can identify their positives with energy, or even just be positive about, or have energy about what you're sharing, people are looking for, I mean, people really are tired of going someplace being bored. Well, they already know what the negatives are. Yeah, Why right. Sure, yeah. Sure, 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 sure. One of the things that that you can say is that um, the, the services here are not, for lack of a better way to say it, three points in a 
form, you know, you usually get that. But the Holy Spirit has the service here. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit decides what happens and runs the service. And so it's always different every time. I, I would have a hard time really describing it. Because well, I think that's what he, that's the problem that Charles is having is how to explain whatever. I mean, all I know is this, and, and I'm going to, uh, I should let you share it. That way I can blame you for taking us along into the evening because if you say if you say the last little bit then it was your fault so why don't you give us your dream that you tell everybody the dream that you shared at the staff well, meeting. i had a dream the other night and i shared it at the staff meeting and uh, jay and i talked about it the next morning and jay really helped me to identify what god was really saying and basically you know we sit over there all the time where ed has my seat <laughs> By the way, <laughs> good job, Ed. Break that mold. But uh, we, uh, we we was coming into church, and uh, we sat in our normal place. And the first thing I knew is beginning to fill up. And uh, there were some little old ladies, and I can call them old ladies because I'm an old man. But uh, they began, and they crowded me out of my seat. And so I went back a row, and first thing I knew, there were some younger ones that had kids. They crowded me out, and I finally had to go back to the back. And then we had someone begin to preach or teach, and they had a white robe on and, and all the traditional stuff. And uh, when they began to bring forth supposedly the word, it was traditional, and people began to get up and walk out, and I walked out. And I really sensed the Lord was saying, hey, we're getting away from the traditional things, and we're going into the spiritual things. Mm -hmm. And as long as we're moving in the things of the Spirit, God is going to pack this place out. Yep. Yeah, that's what well, me let, let me ask one more thing here about that, because I think that's important. We communicate our message to people. Why don't everybody here in the next week or two ask two or three different people to come to church and maybe not next Wednesday night, but the Wednesday night after, let's spend about five minutes talking about what kind of response we got when we talk to these people. See how it went. Or even just invite them to Wednesday night. I, I know. But what I'm saying is I'd like to know, get feedback from everybody, how people... Have some education about it. Yeah. How, how people responded to you, what you said to them, how they responded back, and blah, blah, blah. Well, I know well I've got some feedback from people I've asked, because I've uh, asked them, and <coughs> people that, well, you know, when they go to church, they're real quiet. They don't understand the Spirit. That's, yeah. They don't understand the Spirit, and I've got that from people that's been here. Well, yeah, they, it's exactly it. You know, they, uh, uh, they don't understand the kingdom of God. And of course, Jesus, when I was asked about the he said the kingdom is within you. And you really have to have a revelation of the kingdom in you before it can transform out of it. And what I have found, of course, Dan and I, as you know, travel all over the United States talking to the biggest people. And when we start beginning to identify what the kingdom of God is and the importance of you having a revelation within you, then in, in almost every case, they have found an area of successfulness. But it wasn't because of them, it was because of what God wanted to do in and through them. And, and as you know, well, I, I, have a, I have a desire for the kingdom of God. Yes. And that's one of the questions I asked you when you first came. Was, what, how, what do you think about the kingdom of God? And you had the right answer. 
I know for a fact that when people get excited about what's going on and what they're learning, I, I, I was raised basically in Victory Christian Center with Billy Joe Doherty, Tulsa, Oklahoma, greatest pastor to walk the face to the earth. Except for Pastor Owen. Except for Jesus. Uh, but, Jesus. Uh, but we were so excited. And that excitement, we used to wait for the doors to be unlocked. I can't even imagine that. Maybe that's why I need to get a clear mental picture of people waiting out line in a line for me to unlock the door. No, that's true. I, I remember there was a season and and we would wait in line, could not wait for Maybe church to, to open up because we would rush to the front because we wanted to get in the front. <laughs> We've been in places. Like yeah. In fact, we went to Kansas City and a friend that was here uh, a couple of weeks ago. He's a member of. Uh, Oh, uh-huh. John, uh huh. John, yeah. Pickle? Uh, yeah. Mike Pickle. In fact, we had to wait outside for open the door yeah. for us to get in. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yep. All right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity just to be here. Uh, Holy Spirit, I, I just I thank you that you're the great teacher and you will teach us. You will answer our questions that we have. You'll guide us and direct us. Father, I pray that you'll show us and take us to the people that are ripe for harvest understanding some people aren't ready that you're working on them and we claim them now in the name of Jesus for your kingdom and Father lead us to those that are ready they're need, needing they're hungry they're not happy where they're at they need to learn they need to grow we call forth those people now in Jesus name those that want to be discipled know that there's more than just going to church but there's something about a life to live Father, may we have a clear mental picture of you and us and us in you. And everything that pertains to life and godliness is already done in us. That we are complete in Christ. Already complete in Christ. I thank you for that clear mental picture. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And just remember, everybody, Frank was the last one to speak. All right. Blame Frank.